0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. Woo! Mm -hmm. We're the podcast where we talk about gay stuff and discuss the week in LGBTQ history. We are Thomas. Tony. Kindle. And Handle. this week we're reviewing the week of July 28th through July the oh, 4th. Kindle. We're going to discuss Paul Broussard, who we discussed last year, but we've got more, more info to dish on, on, or more, not to dish, but more info to talk about Paul Broussard. We're going to talk about the real world San Francisco, and we're also going to talk about the debut of the Logo Channel. Briefly. Briefly. Briefly uh all right well that's exciting so we got a a full on uh uh show to today so it'll be good um but uh before we dive in what's going on Mine's in the... more of a half on half on oh my gosh <laughs> what's going on any any soft on <laughs>
1: the topics aren't really exciting
0: me tonight. I'm, I'm gonna pull back this <laughs> the reins here i'm going to. you line. just have a semi <laughs> oh my gosh uh, so Kendall. this week, uh, this is the anniversary of episode of, uh, Kendall's epic July 4th episode last year.
2: Oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Remember. I don't Allegedly. know. If you, have, if you haven't
0: listened to that, tune in. I'd say remember, but Kendall doesn't remember at all. So.
1: <sighs> roofied again. But roofied. the world remembers, I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they do. They do. That's why you got that woke, uh, too woke. That was comment. our longest episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've had longer since. Close. Uh, uh, I was gonna, uh, this week I was gonna chat about, I wanted to do it last year, and then I was gonna do it this year, the uh, passage of the Civil Rights Act, uh, 1964, where that was gonna be my topic, cause it was enacted on, uh, July the 2nd, uh, but apparently, uh, life has changed a little bit since, uh, since, since then, uh, big Supreme Court ruling recently. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk included. about it last week, uh, so, um, but it's worth noting, uh, since we didn't talk about it, um. That's a big, big deal uh, yeah. now, uh basically, the Supreme Court ruled in a six three decision that uh, it, uh an employer who fires an individual merely for being gay or transgender defies the law
2: yep come on now. One thing that I thought was uh cool about the, well, I mean, I know the case was about a transgender person uh she's the one that brought it before the Supreme Court, but um
0: well, there were a couple of cases and that yeah, were, looped there were into, yeah
2: yeah but um transgender was included and it was written in the opinion and so actually somebody one of my facebook friends she is bisexual and you know she commented that bisexual wasn't explicitly stated in the opinion and so to me i don't really think it was them trying to exclude anything i think they just thought oh we need to include gay people and transgender and maybe they thought bi was implicit Mm, i don't know queer but um but this is the first time uh, transgender folks exactly. have been. Uh, yeah.
0: There's been a ruling by the Supreme Court on transgender folks, uh, which is um, pretty crazy. I mean, that's yeah. historical, yeah. and the fact that it was a it was a six three decision. Uh, yeah. With two conservative justices coming over to the uh, liberal side, I always hate saying that, but that's kind of that's yeah. how people talk about it. Yeah, it's uh, and, sad, yeah. And and also writing the opinion Gorsuch, who mm-hmm. you know we right, as exactly, liberals yeah. have not been a fan of just because you know he was a Trump appointee and took the spot essentially of uh, the guy that uh, Obama had uh, nominated Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland. Yeah. Um And so. Um, so, yeah, uh, he came in. Christmas in, Garland in, is yep. what they call him elementary school.
2: One thing that's, I guess, interesting about this to me is uh, a lot of people just thought, oh, that that wasn't already legal or illegal, you know, to, like, fire somebody for being gay. And I remember, um, and actually, like, a family member reached out, and they're like, oh, that wasn't already legal. Um, and I remember, like, several years ago when Obama... He basically, you know, because hospitals, it was up to each individual hospital to say, oh, you know, Kendall's in the ICU. Nobody can see, like, only family can see him, blood relatives, right? So, like, Ben could not see you or whatever if they wanted. Um, and Obama basically said, okay, well, if you're getting Medicare funding, you can't refuse, like, you know, same-sex partners from seeing their, you know, partner And I posted that on Facebook when he did that. And uh, a lot of my friends are like, wait, this is going on. Like, you know, if you are like with somebody, they can't see you. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting how to us, this is such progress. But then I feel some people are like, oh, my God, this. Well, that's why it's so obnoxious when
1: people say, well, you know, I have no problem with gay people. But or why do you need your pride religion. celebration? It's like,
2: well, up until a week ago, we could get fired for being
1: gay. Yeah, but I'm, the Equality Act is still important because it had nothing to do with allowing us to. They can still discriminate based
2: on housing. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We so can be
1: denied uh, financially. Banks can deny us. I mean, there are so many things. Well, that even they Trump still repealed can.
2: like what Obama did for. Um, Hospitals. So I think, like, now, I think Trump repealed that. So, like, and if, Trump, if you're in the ICU and Spencer goes up there, if they are, like, religious, they can be like, uh, uh no. Yeah, I
0: mean, so, I mean, to that point, that still, I mean, there's a lingering question. I was uh, texting um, with joshua mentioned uh before but he's got a legal background so i was like what's the deal here because like you i mean a few years ago we were all upset because of the the cake the colorado uh, baker case right so uh the supreme court in that case ruled in favor of the baker he said hey um by colorado forcing him to make a cake for this gay couple we were the you know the state was infringing on uh, the baker's religious freedom, and so that's still—I mean, there's still a conflict that's going—and and, and yep. they basically said that in the opinion, saying that's not a resolved issue, uh, yeah. Because you know, one—and the thing about the this ruling is that it is on the Civil Rights Act, right? <laughs> so, which is a bless you, a uh, a uh, it's a it's a act of legislation. It's not in the Constitution, right? So it's not a constitutional right. right. Yeah. So, um, so I thought it
1: was uh, clever the way they interpret it, though. Yeah, The Civil Rights Act said you cannot discriminate based on Religion, race, sex It does not mention Any any of the Sexual gay identity. letters right. LGBTQIA yeah. um, So what they said was It's discriminatory based on sex Because if I'm a man and I marry a man mm. And you fire me It's because you're saying a man sh- Should not It's discriminating against you, what a man should would, or should you you not do You wouldn't fire a woman or for a, marrying a man Right and the same goes with a woman marrying another woman. So I thought that was a clever
2: bit of... Um, you know, you, know, you had
1: to get slick with it.
2: You know what's interesting about that? Um, so uh, I read a book uh, years ago about Ruth B- uh, Bader Ginsburg. And, you know, she's very, like, pro-quality, very feminist. But some of the cases that she brought to the Supreme Court were... Um, where men were being discriminated against. So, like, one of the first cases she brought to the Supreme Court was there was a single father who his wife died, and he wanted to get, like, uh, basically Social Security benefits so that he could, like, stay at home more with his kids. Whereas if a woman was married to a man and the man died, the woman would be able to, like, get Social Security for her and the kids to kind of, like, help take care of them, whatever... But a man could not do that. And so one of the first cases she brought to the Supreme Court was this guy was denied Social Security benefits because it's like you – like a man should be able to support his family. And it's like, no, no, no. We don't want to discriminate between men and women here. Like if Social Security says one spouse dies and there's a single spouse, they should get government help to support their family. right? And so – her long-term sh- goal was, like, equality for women, but her thing was don't discriminate against a man because... So it's kind of interesting, well, like... Well, that weakens the feminist argument, too. In a way, it does, but then it was, like, we don't want to... Like, long-term, you can then say, like, there's no difference between a man and a woman. Like Yeah, that's what I mean. The, yeah. If you... Her, it was a feminist argument in
1: my mind that she was making. Yeah, 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 you know, exactly. Like we have it, to be equal. Yeah, so it's interesting. In yeah, cases. so
2: um, it's just interesting. I, I feel anytime you're dealing with the courts, like it's so interesting to me. Like when you set precedent and stuff like that
0: yeah i'd rather you uh though kind of get it down to the court purest and most basic unit. so i like the fact that they got and i don't know have any legal background but the, that they approached it the way they did because there's really nothing in the constitution or in legislation that says you know you can't uh, discriminate against uh, lgbt folks right so if you want to if you want that in place, you got to change the law. Cause I, I I don't necessarily like uh, the term gets used often activist judges, but I mean, I'm like, we need to create the constant based the decisions on the Constitution or the law. And if those laws aren't the right ones, then you change them, which could still happen, right? I mean, yep. if the Republicans, you know, if Trump stayed in office and you got, they even got more majority in Congress, they could feasibly change the law to civil that Civil Rights Act and say, uh, or update it and say, and you know, we specifically can discriminate against LGBT folks, which is what Trump's tried to do, right, with right, a yeah. lot of those provisions and with executive the, orders. Yeah. So, um, so this is why it's important to go vote because our rights are still, I mean, this is great progress it's a reason to celebrate it finally made me happy about Pride because it's been a pretty dark and June was a pretty dark yep. month um, and so it uh, it was a reason to celebrate um, and I'm glad we're we've, we've made that progress but you know the the um there's still a lot of leg- you know we're still at risk of being discriminated against just not in terms of employment but housing and access to health care and those sorts of things and again, a truly i think remarkable thing for for the trans community that the fact that that you know, yeah yeah you mentioned I agree. The, yep. um that but surprised a lot of uh a lot of conservatives that you had Gorsuch write the opinion, so um yeah. that's uh, crazy but uh congrats. which
2: also it makes me think if you have a George W. Bush nominee and a Trump nominee voting in favor of us and, like, a Trump nominee writing the opinion, isn't it that much of a given that, come on, this is... Right, the law really isn't in favor of yeah. the... Um, exactly. And then it's like, what the fuck was up with the other three then? Right. You know, I mean, come Well, on. I thought
0: there yeah. was some... Uh, some Irony. I thought it was rich because Kavanaugh was getting blasted for his opinion, his dissent, and uh, one of the things he wrote in there was when did like, you say
1: blasted. He, he got drunk, finger again? blasted. No,
0: <laughs> he likes beer. Shit perpetually. No. That he, he ain't ever sober. He, he was saying that uh, you know you can't read the t- the con- uh, the Constitution literally. It needs to be uh, taken and the you know uh, forget what the right the the term is, but he was saying you can't take it literally. Which is, I think, isn't that what his position is? Like he's like strict constitutionalist, like all those yeah. conservatives. Like we take it, and liberally. I do feel
2: like Samuel Alito, um, he's also very much like, like very fundamentalist. Like what did the framers have in right. mind when they wrote this document? Yeah. Not like, oh, let's get the philosophy and like two hundred years later figure out. It's like no, no, in. Seventeen seventy, whatever. What did they think? Yeah, the which is ironic because Clarence Thomas is, interprets it uh, directly. Well, but guess what? Those and he drives me nuts because I'm him. like, he is a self-hating black person. Yeah. I'm like, well, the founders didn't want him to have any rights. Yeah. So. Exactly.
0: But they I mean, to his point, he would say they've passed laws. The you know, amendments have been passed to give African Americans. But the Supreme
1: Court is the laws can't go against the Constitution. The Supreme Court is ruling on are these laws constitutional or right. not? More so like Yeah. Or is it the the is the law being upheld? Right. They are looking at a bigger picture of are these laws constitutional or not? I I, I also think So it, it's ironic to me that Clarence Thomas wants to take it very literally the purest, when yeah. they won't
0: they won't think about you? I yeah. do. I do think it was interesting too, both in this ruling and the DACA ruling, where um, basically the Supreme Court, the liber- the conservative justice, were, were telling the Trump administration, "You were sloppy with your your presentation of the case." Like, uh, with the, um, yeah. the 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 uh, was it the case for LGBT folks? Uh, it was uh, they were basically saying, "You know, you're basing, you were trying you're to basic. say, <laughs> you're basic, you're trying to say, Trump administration, you're arguing that." Uh, that you know, the constitutionalists, the people who wrote the Constitution, the the founding fathers were were, and the people who wrote the Civil Rights Act of sixty four, um, they never had in mind where you know this the laws of the Civil Rights Act or the Constitution would protect protect LGBTQ people, um, but they didn't have any proof to back it up. Usually, when you make that argument, yeah. you've got a lot of documents that support that. You know, Federalist Papers, you know, bills that were being discussed prior to the the actual law being passed but they didn't provide any of that so they're like you can't come to us with an argument based on nothing like you needed to
2: And i do feel that's good because us. you know um i don't know like the legal system to me is so interesting because things like that like i've read of you know things in the past where if you're going to be lazy and it's like okay the law maybe should be on your side not that it would be in this case but if you're going to be lazy, I'm not going to just give it to you. Things like that. Um, and you hear that all the time, or I don't know, um, you just hear like, like cases where like lawyers don't do their work. And it's like, or to the opposite effect where I know my client is guilty, but I'm going to create so much confusion. I'm going to create reasonable doubt. And so that's where our legal system like so interesting. Oh, so it's like kudos to, you know, like the Supreme Court for being like, if you're going to be lazy about this, I'm not going to rule for you. Spencer, Who is the uh, sexiest Supreme Court justice?
1: Yeah.
0: Thomas. Uh, RBG.
2: Uh, probably John Roberts. Oh, me. you self-hating gay.
0: <laughs> Physically, I mean. Mm, okay. he's, what a,
2: whatever. Oh, it's you. The oldest man on the I'd, court. Because who? I'd Gorsuch. Oh no! Gorsuch. Oh, Just kidding. Jeez. Well, I mean, look what we're. It's
0: both you guys. Shady Pines. Get out of here. Okay. Enough of that. Uh, speaking of gross of uh, Republicans, uh, um, Lady G was trending re- recently on on uh, on Twitter. Uh, Lady G referring to the senator from, I guess it's the senior senator from uh, uh, South Carolina. Uh, one the senior citizen, senior citizen. One Lindsey Graham. Uh, <laughs> they basically you had an, uh, a a uh, adult uh, not even cute sex worker uh, alleging that uh, in a in a cryptic tweet saying if you know if there are any other sex workers something to the effect. I'm not quoting them correctly, but something to the effect of like if uh, I know a certain senator with the initials L G who you know basically has a history with sex workers and if there's any other sex workers that want to come in on the story please message me and so um this story's kind of died down recently but i I see it trending every once in a while um but i thought that that was quite a scandal since um you know there's long been rumors that this uh uh, senator lindsey graham uh unmarried a probably what's in the 60s um, yeah and very if you Hate to stereotype, but it, oh, if you were to think one of a gay man and their mannerisms and their dialect, mm-hmm. um, he would may fit that. Now that said, he's a very su- you see a lot of Southern men like that uh, who have that Southern mm. drawl and that uh, sway about them. Uh, so he's not unique in that. But um, but yeah, unmarried and definitely um, not a friend of the gays. But uh, no. apparently, and he that's is what undercover. kind of makes <laughs> me think
2: he is. Like if I was on the fence, the fact that he's so anti-gay. Would make me think like I think it really think and and I just here's my thing about Lindsey Graham sexuality aside and closetedness aside, he is just doesn't stand for anything. He was so anti Trump when he was running Apparently for president, he lays down for it. and then okay. he was like, and then he laid down for it. He's like, Mr. Orange Face, no I'm kidding, but then he's like, oh my god, I'm pro Trump, and I'm like. That means you don't stand for anything. I don't have any respect for you.
0: So, there was a lot of controversy, though, with all the things that were trending about him because it was uh, so kind of interested in your opinion on this uh, because he uh, was basically being outed. And so, and you know, we've talked about it. Well, here's my thing with
1: it on this instance, you're being outed for paying someone to have sex with you. Well, you're a senator and you might not agree with the law. But if it comes out that you did something repeatedly illegal, then we should know about it. You can take the gay aspect out of it. Yeah. But the way he talks to people as if, you know, Democrats are all criminals, and if this is true, then good. I hope it comes out.
0: He's got a um, higher moral ground. But, I mean, look at the way. Which I is mean, different
1: than if he had boyfriends and people were like,
2: out of him, out of him, the fact that he has a boyfriend. I really don't care. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Like, if he was like, I'm gay, I have a boyfriend, it might kind of affect my political career, like let me just keep it private, one thing, but all this shit, yeah, I agree.
0: What's well, illegal, right? I mean, you can't hire a sex worker in yeah. D.C., right? So uh, regardless of whether you agree with the practice or not, it's illegal. And I think prostitution
1: should be legalized. Yep.
0: I you too. So one Thank of the you. things, and this is what happens when you, when you have sex with uh, um, people, is if you have certain markings in your body, then people can identify you. That was the mushroom case with Michael Jack- Jackson, the president. president, with his mushroom penis. Um, they they Clinton also even. they're also calling him a ladybug because um, anyone any ventures uh, why was
1: that? Why I had heard that his Wait, tattoo is, of a ladybug. No, no. What is
2: ladybug? oh
0: You want to know what Ladybug is? Yes. So apparently, and the way, the account I was reading was, uh, they're like, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And so I'm going to tell you this, and I'm sorry, guys. Here's rosebud. They were like, when, you know, it was basically on his, in his anus, like he had moles all over his, uh, and they thought it was like dirt or some (sighs) droppings, and so they tried to wipe it away. Oh my God. And they couldn't, and they realized it was moles. Oh, so
2: Ladybug spots. Like skin tag. Wow. Multi- yeah. Well, that's sexy. <laughs> and you know what? If that bitch was nice to everybody else, this wouldn't even be it. Well, what were they doing? Seeing if they point? were
1: cancerous. I mean, they were off their clothes.
0: Well, they were so much workers? Did they pay them. I mean, he was probably. They the same, were
2: rimming. They could
0: have been. Yeah, or they before they were. They were know. rimming for their hundred
2: dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say,
0: I hope they're getting paid more than a hundred dollars. Exactly. So
2: and the thing is, if he was a nice guy, I bet nobody would come forward with this shit. But because he's a fucking bigoted right. asshole, they're like, "Fuck you, bitch! I'm gonna talk about your ladybugs." <laughs> well,
1: his voting record does not reflect his lifestyle, and exactly. that always Which is going to that, that makes people want to call you out on it. But you took his money and you did it, so yeah,
0: he was self hate. I mean, he's he's and there's a interview I was reading uh was I maybe it was on the daily the podcast uh from the New York Times they um they were talking to him and he basically admitted like I like to be close to power that's why he had that strong relationship with John McCain cuz John Fern. McCain was a, a a leader right in the Republican party But he and, loved uh, Joe Biden too. He was yeah, love Joe after Biden time. and then um and then Trump
2: cuz he's like well Which uh, also makes me think sexuality aside or closetedness aside he's just Whatever the flavor of the day is, I'm going to, like, you know, support that so I can, like, be part of the—
0: Well, he says he wants to be close to power because if you're close to power, then you have more influence, right? So you can influence the president to do what you want to do. But but... then it's
2: also, like, you have no principles if you're Democrat or Republican. You're, like—because I feel like, you know— like, Biden's a Democrat. McCain was very moderate. Trump's, like, a wacko. And but let's like, not
0: be fooled. None of these politicians are good people. You're good. What I was those a are Democrats. flight
1: attendant in D.C., I saw a lot of politicians in and out, either on my flight or just waiting for their flight in the airport. And the Reagan National Airport is small. So you're, like, there with them. So I saw a lot of these. I had Graham on a flight, Lindsey Graham on a flight. And to me, it was obvious he was gay. And he was chucking me up and down. But he was checking me up and down in a very, like, mm. it's I, not safe to do this. Like, you know. are You You know how
0: oh when you're gosh. getting cruised. I'm so cute. Lindsey Graham was staring at me. Yeah. He's like,
2: I want to cruise you, but ladybug uh, we was can't in do this. <laughs> ladybug was in one. He's 1A. like, Kendall, stop, stop. We can't do this. Stop. Do you know anything about his ladybug? I was one of the sex workers. <gasps> 20 years ago, those ladybugs were minor. <laughs> they get worse as time goes Just kidding. Sex shouldn't be work
0: <laughs> For you it is Oh jeez um, Alright They think-
1: say when you're um, Doing what you love You won't work a day in your life
2: <laughs> That's what Lindsey Graham is doing He's like I That's never why work a not day in my life Well he, had a, he definitely Anyway
1: did. so he would To me he was obviously gay But the most obnoxious one A lot of times when I meet them It so much fits their personality oh, to, As you would imagine they are And like as you see him on the news or the reputation, Rand Paul was there nah. and he was with a staffer. I'm assuming she was a staffer in turn, something very low level. And he was talking to her. First of all, he wouldn't look her in the face except to tell her she was wrong. And he was so condescending to her. And she said something. She told him something. He said, "Ugh, actually, that's not right. No, it just, you just want to punch him in his face right there.
2: But well, that's what his a sex did, worker, I couldn't. Right? Oh, yeah, I know. I will say this. So <laughs> that when is you, true. Like, I do feel like, you know, kind of like if you're dating a guy and it's like, how does he treat the waiter says a lot about him. Yes. So uh, a couple of years ago, I was flying back from Montana, and there's like this really, like, um, really nice ski resort where a lot of celebrities go, whatever. So uh, that's where I have to fly out of. And so... I go to get my return flight to Houston. Ted Cruz is there with his wife. So he's there with his wife and his two kids.
0: We're spilling all the tea on all the Congress And so people.
2: we're sitting there at the gate, you know, like waiting for the plane to depart. And so all these people, oh, my God, there's Ted Cruz, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know, there's Ted Cruz, blah, blah. And so his wife is sitting there. And so he is sitting there on his phone, and he's not even looking at anybody. Like, all these people are, like, drooling to be like, oh, my God, I want to say hello to Ted Cruz. Ugh. And so his wife is at least like, oh, hi, how are you? Well, thank you. You know, like like they're celebrities or something. And then um, the maid calls to talk about like, oh, I'm fixing the boy's lunch for the week. What do you want? And she's like, okay, Timmy, do you want apple juice or orange juice or like blah, blah, blah. But the whole time he was like, and then we get in the fucking plane and he is like, He sits in first class and these are like really small planes. So first class is like one chair, one chair on each side and like, yeah. Yeah. And then the economy is like, you know, two chairs on one side, one Mm -hmm. on the other. It's like really small plane. The wife and the two kids are in economy and he's in first class. And I'm like, bitch. They probably love that time. (laughs) alone.
0: Yeah. For the record, he has daughters. Okay, unless you were seeing the wrong person, but yeah, he's got two two daughters. You said sons, just in case we get fact checked. Okay, um, maybe yeah. Yeah, they're two girls. Two little kids. Because yeah. they were they were notably on the. Uh, they had lots of pictures circulating when he was running for president. So they're butch girls. Even that's uh, what you're obvious when he yeah. was re- running for reelection <laughs> to, uh, too. Uh, all the pictures of his girls pushing his face away when he was trying to like. Okay, de- yeah. The two, yeah, two kids, yep. two
2: little kids, yeah. Um, but I was like, oh my god, a sex worker cannot do even, that. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And they could do it for listen, Oh, my God. He was the, the sex worker with the, the boys
0: and not the girls. <laughs> That's who it was. Maybe he was raising an 18-year-old like uh, old Matt Gaetz. Uh
1: The secret Cuban and 19-year-old old that he adopted formally. There about. you go. No
2: I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it wasn't the Goldman tax wife that was like... Uh,
0: Oh yeah, yeah. she was she was something. Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about Matt Gates. He makes me angry. He almost makes me as angry as about the, the guy I'm going to talk about in my topic when we're talking about the real world. But uh, but yeah, he's just one of those gross people. Um, you know what's not gross? Baked bones. A recent Gallup poll shows that Americans have reported feeling stress, worry, and anger at the highest levels in over a decade. And while we're growing more and more aware of the effects of stress on our bodies and minds, we may not have considered the effects that our stress can have on our pets. According to a 2019 study, there's a synchronization between stress hormones in humans and their dogs. If you are a dog parent, you probably know that your pup is very good at reading your body language and can quickly pick up on how you're feeling. We're always working to reduce our stress in any way we can, but what about the anxiety we may have passed on to our dogs? Baked Bones has a solution. CBD has been shown to help reduce stress and anxiety in both humans and dogs, and Baked Bones has your dog covered. Made from organic, human-grade ingredients and full-spectrum hemp oil, their bones may offer some relief to your anxious pup. Check out BakedBones.com for more information on CBD for dogs and dogs. Other benefits it may provide. Baked Bones offers free shipping on all orders over $25, and you can save 10% using the promo Gay gaystuff10. That's gaystuff one zero. 0 Baked Bones is LGBTQ-owned and operated and is based in Houston, Texas. Baked Bones proudly donates 10% of all profits to no-kill shelters in the U.S. Baked Bones. Yum, yum. I got We got to figure out. I was thinking we got to give them a, some sort of a, like a, a jingle. Jingle. <laughs> we we'll have to talk to Chris about we that. We need a jingle writer. Yeah. Jingle. <laughs> that's a t- that's part of the service. Uh, well, that's part of the service. We're it's an add on fee. Spence and I were talking about that. Like, if you want us to write a jingle for you, it'll be twenty five dollars extra.
1: Caleb can do that. If you he want us to jingles. sing it though, it'll be extra.
0: Yeah. If you want us to sing it, twenty five more dollars <laughs> extra. Whatever. Caleb's like, I have a price. Uh so yeah, so that's Baked Bones. Um uh they are doing their work on Kennedy right now because you can't hear him. Also he's yeah. in another room, but whatever. Uh, well,
1: we put a pillow over his face too and that helped. Him. That that works about five minutes. And no. he comes too.
0: <laughs> we don't do that to dogs. And then we edit those out. We don't do that to dogs, Kendall. Thank you. Only humans? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well Lindsey Graham does it, but he pays extra for that. Exactly. Uh all right. So only do ladybugs ladybugs so i want to talk about the premiere of real world san francisco which happened uh on june 30th 1994 um you guys familiar with the show the real world mm-hmm. oh yeah mm-hmm. tony even tony is huh even no my pop culture, uh, culture. yeah <laughs> tony so this the real world premiered in 1992 with the first uh i watched that one uh, one in new york, new york city oh i didn't think you preacher boy was allowed to watch then
1: uh my parents were never home
2: ah
0: you were a latchkey kid yeah, so we, San
2: Francisco is what, 04?
0: No, no, it was in uh, 94. Oh, 94. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this was the third season. Um, it was produced by uh, Mary Alice Bunham, and uh, who was, had previously, prior to Real World, produced uh, such quality television as Search for Tomorrow and As the World Turns, among other soap operas. Awesome, yeah, and then you had uh, Jonathan uh, Murray, who was the other producer, and he went on after this to produce uh, things like A Simple Life, Oh, no more quality television project runway and the kardashian series so um, you know, this was the Whoa. the makings this like with a culmination It's like when um, I feel like there was this uh, cosmic thing where you know uh, You got uh, mary ellis coming in sadly. She's passed uh and, and jonathan murray like and they collided and you know Bringing the past together with what was gonna become the future of this were you on reality um, TV show. mushrooms
1: when you were thought that
0: Yes, it was yeah. like the deep Yeah. But it was just, it was like, okay, well, this was the smut TV we were used to, sm- uh, soap operas. And then uh, we had the, the first makings of reality TV with the real world and then all the rest of the stuff that's come on. Now, that said, we just binge watched it. Well, not binge. We watched a full episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. So whatever. But that's quality television uh, before recording. Um, so the real world, of course, is the, the true story of seven strangers picked to live in a house and have their lives taped. Do you know the rest of it, Kendall?
1: uh this is what happens when you stop being polite and, and start getting real and
0: start getting real oh. that's right oh, wow. yeah you so.
1: The pills are working. <laughs> I used to <laughs> watch the... the I can you give me some? <laughs> I,
0: I never really watched the show like when it first came out, but when I went to college, this was always on repeat. They had uh, real-world marathons, and so that's when I kind of caught into the show. It was uh, New Orleans and Las Vegas. Those were the, the ones that mm, were coming okay. out. Okay. So I didn't really catch... I wasn't hip to San Fran, other than knowing about them. That was the third season. Yeah, other than knowing uh, some of the uh, prominent characters that they came out of it, which I'll get into. So uh, if you you're not familiar with the real world if you're 20 and have no clue what the real world is it was a non-scripted reality tv show the kind of the first of its kind it was really bringing reality television to our television in a different sense right there's reality tv in the sense of game shows and different things like that but this was one where you had cameras almost in this big brother type setting that were following these seven roommates uh and uh it was bringing in together also that it was right for Drama, right? You're bringing in people from different parts of the country uh, and with different backgrounds, different experiences, and different races, which uh, I was going to say we don't really have those race relations anymore, but it was, I mean, I feel like that was still fresh and, you know, uh, on everyone's mind. I mean, 1994 is still, I mean, we're within what? Thirty years of civil yeah. rights a- passing, so, um, so it was a big deal, right? And you're bringing in people with different political perspectives. So the cast on this um, uh, was diverse, just like most of what the real world was trying to do. You had your likable white guy, which is Judd. He was kind of this the I can relate to the him. straight man, right? <laughs> Right, I have a feeling you can relate to him. You cannot relate to him. Then there was Pam. I make an improvement. She was the Asian. Uh, she was the overachieving uh, med student. Uh, you had Corey, who was kind of like the the white girl, drama free, but had her. You know, she was. I won't say emotion. You don't want to say emotional. I don't remember her. She was. Yeah, I mean, forgettable. A no, that no, was a different season. but she was. Um, she was one of those, like, just graduating, like, what am I going to do with my life? A little bit, you know, yeah. girl drama sort of thing, but nothing. Um, she didn't really have a major arc. Uh, then you had Muhammad, who was uh, the... the 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 black uh, character on the show he was a spiritual guy and a practicing muslim then you had rachel who was a conservative latina from mm-hmm. arizona um you know she has gone on to marry sean duffy he was also of real world fame and uh, was her congressman uh from indiana minnesota i don't remember good looking couple though but he's a, a tea party guy Whoa. yeah michigan uh and then you have which Really started to like get the attraction. There was a you know a villain character I think in in New York, in that series. But then you really got this villain character with Puck, and so Puck was this um, troublemaker. He was a, uh, I think a, a delivery guy messenger, a bike messenger, uh, oh, sort of hippie. What? Didn't care about anything. W- white dude, I'd say coming from a um, privileged sort of. I mean, he didn't have a lot of money, but it was just kind of like the mm-hmm. world revolves around me because i'm whatever and just like to do things for attention um so you had this diverse cast of oh, puck eventually there was drama with puck that i'll get into uh, was replacing uh, with a woman named joe who had her own drama she was like Dealing with um, uh, going through a divorce and had a restraining order against her ex husband. So, the
2: San Francisco, it was like one season, right? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. They did a different cities. They had every 20 season. episodes, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Different, uh, yeah. Real world takes place in different
2: cities. Uh, so, different it's a big cities. deal to re- be replaced mid season. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it happens almost every time. <laughs>
0: After this, it did, right? They made the, the it was a thing. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, but see, the San Francisco season, again, this is the third season. You've had now fights with, you know, between races and different political views and different religious views different haircuts Uh, but this one was the first time uh, that the real world and that really America saw a HIV positive person uh, in on television and so this character was filled by by Pedro Zamora's character this person that filled you know that was showing us this was Pedro Zamora. Uh, he was a 22-year-old uh, Cuban immigrant uh, living in the U.S. Um, uh, for most of his life uh, and had contracted HIV at 17. So he was cast onto the show and really kind of brought, like, this whole new dimension to to the real world uh, because, again, he was living with HIV. And if we're to- talking about the, you know, 1994, we're not very familiar with – I mean, we've been living with you – know, Still a death this, sentence. Right? Yeah. yeah. Still a death sentence. still fighting for resources and attention on on hiv so he actually was an activist so at 17 he found out was devastated but then said okay i got to do something with this and so being the top student he was um the 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 he wanted to be a doctor um he, instead of doing that, he said, well, obviously, I have a, I'm unlimited time, so I'm going to make the most of this, and I'm going to educate people, particularly students, uh, about HIV-AIDS. And so prior to being casted, and we'll have to do Pedro for another topic, like a yeah. full-on, because there's a lot to him. But uh, he decided when he uh, p- put in his casting audition for, or casting tape for the real world, he was like, this is an opportunity to get my story out to a bigger audience and to, uh, you know, to share the story of what it means to be living with HIV/AIDS, and so, um, so yeah, so he he was cast, and you know, when they when the the housemates descended on. Um, on the house at the first episode, they all knew someone was going to be with, living with HIV. So they were going to have a roommate with HIV, but they didn't know who it was. And so on the first episode, they find out uh, as they're introducing each other, they're telling their stories. Pedro reveals that he has uh, HIV AIDS. And so Pedro's story, There's, I think probably, two, I mean, there's other arcs uh, to to the uh uh, the show, but Pedro really his presence and his storyline and interaction with his housemates, and particularly Puck, are really kind of the the major themes of this season. Um, you know, so Puck and Pedro continue. They have from the from the start. They there's tension. Uh, like I said, Puck's kind of arrogant. Um, he he wants to be the center of attention. Uh, Pedro, I won't say he wants to be the center of attention, but um, he's got a charm about him, so people are drawn to him, and so this creates tension. Plus, Puck is just a bad roommate. Like he was putting his hands yeah. in their food, um, wiping boogers on, them, I wiping that. boogers on them, like just doing gross stuff that was really just turning people off. But Pedro, rather than just kind of be silent about it, he and would, he was
2: just being a dick, yeah, And just to Needing do it, attention. yeah,
0: yeah. And so they they would have there was a lot of tension between the two uh, and it boiled over about mid midseason, uh, lots of back and forth and then uh, Pedro finally put it to the to the housemates like, "I can't put up with this anymore. He's like either you guys um, you guys it's have to decide me. it's either him or me right and uh, um, the roommates had a chat, and they eventually decided to kick puck out and uh, and keep Pedro. Uh, and, uh, of course, Puck kind of lingers throughout the season, but um, that's that's kind of one of the, the things. He was the villain of the season. Yeah, he was the villain of the season. But one I mean, of the first
1: reality TV villains.
0: Yeah, he got the full, I mean, we were watching again RuPaul's Drag Race before we started recording. You could see how they, they edit some of these characters, right? I say characters, these people on these shows, right? Um, but he's, I mean, he was truly an asshole. Like, he was yeah. a gross person. I watched watching an interview with him. Of course, he wasn't on the best show to do it, but I was watching an interview with him on Howard Stern, and uh, he was just awful person, and like they were asking about his interactions with Pedro, and then he was like, "Yeah, you know, I paid, I, I try, tried to pay Pedro a hundred bucks to uh, take his motorcycle and run straight into a wall, like that was just gross things like that." Dude's yeah. um, so just a gross person, and I try to say, "Well, is there any redeeming qualities about him?" Uh, no, Puck's just really. Really, so he's been Jesus. in and out of jail um and so has his own which is sad
1: because I think when when I saw him on there I was like this is a guy that is acting out like he assumes everyone's gonna hate him so why not give him it's like a the self-fulfilling thing yeah like you could tell he had issues when he was younger so he just carries that on because that's kind of a shtick so I think there's a lot of hurt and pain with yeah. him yeah and
2: it's sad that he like carries that and like you said it says well just if they're gonna hate me anyway, let me really enforce this. Yeah, you just at least I'll get attention on it. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> which is, I mean, unfortunate for him, but like you said, he's. I, I didn't, I couldn't find any redeeming qualities. I didn't want to watch the the interview with him one because I'm, you know, again hearsay here, but the heresy here rather. Uh, I don't like Howard Stern because he made fun of Selena when she died in nineteen
1: ninety five. But oh my god, well he's dead to you. Uh,
0: yeah. So then I saw this interview, and I was like, "It's a really Good for gross." Thank you for having <laughs> principles. Thank you, Thomas. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I know everyone loves Howard Stern. So then, I mean, so that was mm-hmm. one of the major arcs of the, of the season. But why this matters from an LGBTQ standpoint? Again, Pedro's story about AIDS was really significant. Um, we saw this young man who was sick, and and I mean, the thing that helped Pedro's case, and I and this is somewhat of a. Of a uh, a vain thing to say, uh, but he was good, look- very good looking, very charismatic, and so that helped the story that he was trying yeah. to tell. Uh, but we saw, and so it helped draw. I think even people became more sympathetic or empathetic to his uh, what he was going through uh, because you you saw him sick on some episodes. Uh, you saw him visiting doctors, um, and you you know it was noted when he wasn't doing well, when he had to take time off because he he wasn't responding well. He to also treatment. had a
1: black, a very sweet black boyfriend on the show. Yep. And when I watched it, I was like, and they're interracial? Yeah. Like, it was just another element of this is coming into your, in 1994, coming into yeah. your home. Not only, I mean, you've got the Cuban aspect, which I had never met a Cuban. Yeah. They weren't represented anywhere other than Gloria Estefan. Yeah. She had just gotten in a of Which crash. Latinos in
0: general, right? I mean, it was just, you didn't have a lot of Latino presence. So he was bringing that to it. I mean, so Pedro's story, I think, big things that come up one living with aids Two, the allyship and three the the on the online the the room not the online but the relationship he had with his his, um partner and i feel
2: this wasn't like any joe Schmo show it was like the real world like on mtv which you know like in our generation people really paid attention to mtv right so if this was an mtv show yeah. People are watching it, yeah.
0: Right, exactly. And it was new. It was still a new show, yeah, yeah, so it was yeah. still kind of it yeah. was fine. It was still intriguing to people. It hadn't mm-hmm. they weren't trying out and all these things were new. I mean, now I mean well not now, but I mean when we were watch when I was watching Las Vegas uh, that series, that season, it was all drunkenness and sex and that sort of stuff. And this was still interesting yeah, yeah. and intriguing, and so especially Yeah, like those,
2: just a bunch of young people living together. This is their life, what right. they're talking about. It's almost kinda like you know, when you watch Friends, it's like, Oh my god, that's so cool. I would love to be in New York, like you know, being a young professional yeah. and or young person in New York. Same with Real World, right? Like, oh my god, I would love to be like in Real World. Oh like, yeah, they mm-hmm. were in San Francisco to, to, yeah, too, yeah, which exactly, was a great
0: yeah. uh place to be. Um, so you, with his AIDS, you also he, he spent time educating which is what he wanted to do. He wanted to use the flat platform to educate people. you would see him interacting with his roommates and his roommates would ask questions uh, and then you also saw him you know part of the scenes where he was in he was doing advocacy work. he was either preparing for interviews like big interviews with NBC uh, talking uh, uh, is, uh, participating in speaking engagements, really educating people the, uh, you know his audience about HIV and AIDS so we got to walk away with that information as well well so that was a big deal on that front in terms of allyship like you got to see i mean in the 90s and even before that like gay people were shunned right they didn't have friends i mean it was hard to be out and really find a, a good group of people uh, much less, you know, gay people, but also because everyone, no one wanted to be out. So if you did find friends, and you were all still kind of closeted to some extent, maybe you were out, maybe you weren't. But then to have straight friends, and which the roommates, you know, and Pedro, they all formed a nice bond. And so you got to see, you know, the the roommates rally around Pedro. They should have supported him. They went to his events. You had uh, Rachel, who was the, um, again, the conservative uh, Latina who, who went, you know, got out of her comfort zone and went with Pedro to a pride parade. Uh, and so you saw these different things that you didn't normally see. And so as a gay person, I mean, I was watching interviews about the show and people were like, wow, it was it was really cool to see you could have straight friends. Right. It was mm-hmm. you weren't uh, you know just shunned from society, especially having HIV yeah, yeah. AIDS. Right. Yeah. Um, the other piece, uh, you know, again, he created the safe space to ask questions. Uh, you know, Rachel and Pedro originally were kind of pitted against each other at the start. These two Latinos, uh, Pedro, obviously very liberal, uh, Rachel, very conservative, but they formed a bond towards the end. I mean, she even took him home to her conservative family, her conservative parents in Arizona. Uh, and what she describes is like I, I, he, he was so open with who he was and, and even made light of it to some extent that it made it easy to ask questions about what he was going through. She remembers. She recalls like they were when they went to Arizona. They were going up a, a mountain, and Pedro said, "You know, I thought AIDS was going to kill me, but you're you're going to wind up killing me because they're going up this mountain." Uh, and he's yeah. like, "I'm freaking dying going up this thing," and so she was like, "Just the the way he could joke about that, it created this this safe space to yeah. again ask questions." Um, and then, you know, I think that the other thing from, from the gay community standpoint, so I think America definitely appreciated the, the aspect of the allyship and the AIDS awareness, but the, the fact that you had Pedro fall in love with, uh, you know, Sean, his, his boyfriend and have a healthy gay relationship between two people with AIDS. Like that was something that was, I mean, you didn't see gay people have relationship, much less two people with living with HIV AIDS. Um, and the fact that they, you know, it wasn't just a token; they were going on date because they had dates because they had uh, a gay character in the uh, first season. I think Norm, who's by yeah, and so you saw him go on dates, and it was kind of more casual. But this yeah. was like a relationship that was forming and bonding. It led to one of the like most notable moments on on television history, which was their commitment ceremony. So long before there was gay marriage, we saw on this one episode towards the end of the season where Pedro and Sean got married, and you know all. Of the roommates except puck were all um we're watching and and so as as was america so you got to see this really cool uh commitment ceremony that we've never seen right so yeah uh, and it wasn't just i think there was another so this was like noted as one of the first gay weddings on on television i think i I read there was something similar uh there was a gay wedding on the joan rivers show uh some years prior but this was really the first one like it wasn't just. That was the '90s, right? Yeah. Well, it, they were all
1: symbolic. There was no civil union. There was no. It yeah. Was all, yeah. More yeah, like and a that, commitment and that's ceremony. Also like,
2: I mean, yeah. Ellen was in the '90s, and you see what a controversy that was, right? And so. Mm-hmm. Like, like if this was able, and that to was it. still years after this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And this yeah. was
0: too. Like I mean, if you, the Joan Rivers show or an episode, a sitcom episode. Like most of the time, you don't have re- uh, relationships evolve into the point of marriage. Like it's just a one off. Like oh, we're gonna do something shtick for ratings. We're gonna have this one. Like the, yeah. you saw this uh, this relationship evolve from dating to romance to then getting this commitment ceremony, which was really something that was unprecedented. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so then, so that was kind of the, I think, the, those key elements of, of the show. The show ran, like you said, for 20 episodes, ended. Uh, in, in November, uh, on November 10th. So just uh, uh, before we kind of get to that final episode. So the series stopped uh, filming in in June, at the end of June, um, and everyone parted ways. Uh, so that's when they stopped filming. And so shortly after that, Pedro did a couple of uh, interviews, shows, took a couple of trips, uh, for you know, to do his advocacy work. And then he fell ill in August. And so he was hospitalized, um, and then he kind of went downhill from there. The reason I mention that again, and we'll talk about Pedro on a on a later episode, but his castmates, his uh, roommates, came to live with him. So Pam and uh, Judd, they they spent from uh, from uh, August until the time that he he died right. in November. Uh, they moved to Florida to live with him, and Pam was going to uh, medical school. So, I mean, so it was like, she was taking a moment out of her time. Uh, Judd was a straight guy, right? You didn't. And so what he did is he picked up the mantle from Pedro to do a lot of the events that Pedro was supposed to attend. Like he, you know, Judd went in and spoke on his behalf. So, um, so, I mean, you saw this connection, right? So it was more than just, Hey, we part ways and we're not friends anymore. Uh, in fact, uh, um, uh, Pam and Judd they, I mean today I mean when they celebrated their 25th, 25th anniversary of the show uh, last year I mean they're still doing interviews and talking no, about they got the married. legacy Yeah they got married in real yes life. in real life and they're still talking about the legacy uh, of the show and in so in real life in like, real, okay, yeah. <laughs> Uh, sadly, uh, so the final episode, uh, aired on November the 11th, uh, and, uh, Pedro died just a few hours after that, uh, on the 12th in the early morning, um, made national headlines, uh, his death, Bill Clinton even called, um, and, you know, uh, thanked, uh, Pedro, his family for kind of changing the face of HIV and AIDS for the, for the country. And so um, pretty remarkable in terms of what, what happened. I mean, I was, as I was doing my research, I was doing lots of um, uh, looking at YouTube videos and hearing Pedro's story yeah. and his voice and people talking about him. It was really, really s- sad story.
1: I think when we did the Ryan White topic, we mentioned Rock Hudson, Ryan White, Pedro were the three big that humanized people yeah. with AIDS. And three different backgrounds, completely yeah. different backgrounds. Yeah. But in each way, it was kind of like, okay, these are real people. Yeah. Yeah. Which no one knows. No one knows in the plains of Kansas or the swamps of Louisiana what gay people are like until television brings them to your home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even little gay kids like me. Yeah. I mean, I was 12 when it came out and watched it, but I had to watch it. I, I normally watched real world, well, when the parents were away, but with my sister but I couldn't watch this one because it was such, a, to me, a gay topic that would mm. threaten my being in the closet. Yeah. And he had AIDS, which made me, I didn't want to think that, Even yeah. you know, that's going to be me one day.
0: Well, if I'm gay, I'm going to get AIDS, right? I mean, that's a fear. It was an yeah. assumption. That,
2: Especially yeah. in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. It's like if you are gay, you're going to get AIDS. Yeah. Right? yeah.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I mean the the show definitely had a uh, kind of a, the the real world has had a lasting impact on on American culture for good or bad. But there are things like this this season on San Francisco featuring Pedro that I think has uh, just kind of changed the way we view. Uh, people and especially people with HIV and people who are gay. I mean, this conservative Latina, right? She was like, "Hey, I have a different perspective." She still was, even in 2014, still against the same-sex marriage. But um, nonetheless, she's like, now she knows she had a different appreciation. Like, oh, she could put a face to the name because of her friend Pedro, right? Yeah. Um, I would say though, I mean, some key things from the season. I mean, you it created the the sense of the villain. Uh, so you had Puck, but it also Again, showed us Pedro, who was an activist, uh, you know, a heartthrob to some. Uh, you know, the first person we've ever seen on television living with HIV. Not just a one, you know, a 2020 yeah. special, but really we saw his, you know, several ep- 20 episodes with him in it, uh, and him having to live um, good days and bad days with it. Um, but you know, the real world as a as a as a as a series really kind of had a lasting, like positive impacts on. On the LGBT community I mean you featured Pedro I mean in the New Orleans series They mm-hmm. had uh, Danny And one of the things about him that was like, Yeah he was cute I, I remember watching that in college That and was, I was my like, favorite season Might I be gay? Uh, because I was like really I didn't want to watch it I was looking at it like through my fingers Because I was yeah. like wait you know Well one of your hands
1: <laughs> Yeah <laughs> or,
0: um, or the other No um, But the significance of that Not just because he was gay But he was dating someone in the military And so there was this whole concept of Don't ask don't tell And they had to always blur out The he- Boyfriend. He hid in the
1: bushes and they blurred out his face because he was like, "I'll lose my job if, really? if you yeah. film me." It was this big thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and that was a, like we put this kind of face, so to speak, although albeit blurred, to With the it, reality yeah, of it. Like this yeah. could be this guy could get fired. And then uh, it, when they did uh, when Real World did uh, their Brooklyn season, uh, they had their first transgender person, uh, Caitlin. So we saw her her journey as well.
1: They had on season two. They had abortion. She's Tammy. This is in 93. Tammy is now on Basketball Wives. She's still in the reality TV show game. But she had an abortion while they were filming it. Season one had a lot of issues around race. Mm -hmm. There was the cute little white girl from Alabama. And then Kevin, who I think was from Brooklyn, who's run for Congress several times. He's lost. He slapped that woman? No, that's a different season. Oh, a different season? That was Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Okay. I
0: thought it was New York. Oh, okay. No,
1: Okay well the guy that slapped oh, The other girl hair. Who the girl with the um, She had Lyme disease And she said She was leaving And she said I know why you're Something like this Oh yeah I know why you're so angry It's because you're gay And it's okay So he slapped her in the face Did he come out? And later he came out.
2: Wow! But there
1: were a lot of um, issues on those. Now it's kind of like we've seen it all, and part yeah. of the reason that we've seen it but all this. But it seemed a...
2: like it was kind of a groundbreaking show. I yeah, mean, absolutely. Those... Yeah, yeah.
1: But and now it's like we've already seen that. But we've seen it because real world has that dealt with like it. That. Yeah, you know, on so many different. Yeah. And you're dealing with like, you're old on that show if you're twenty three. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. maybe that yeah. was even the max age. Right. So it's kids it dealing with yeah. Have things. You seen yeah. last
0: year I th- uh-huh. so just a little nuggets of trivia uh, as I close out. So the real world house, that house uh, that they had, it was went on sale on the market uh, back in I think it was 2014. Um, any guesses what that house was going to cost? 3 million. Oh. Uh, Fourteen. It went, on, it went on the market for six point nine million. Jesus.
1: With it was it San Fran? Yeah. It was a yeah. thirty thirty
0: four hundred square foot uh place. It was one one room so they up at, at one point I guess Jesus. it was divided into rooms. One room was uh going for rent for fifty eight hundred bucks a month. Mm. Wow. Um, in 2017 the real world was canceled. I didn't re- realize that. Yeah. I was trying to look up what about the last Oh, is that recently? yeah, so it was, it was canceled. It went but that long? Uh, partly it was canceled because uh, it was 25 uh, years.
1: They did on the
0: 25th. Yeah. It was canceled because they uh, the, the, the audience I mean so it's appealing to, you know, younger generations, right? And so but if you think about the folks that are in their tw- you know, College years, like, right? They don't. All they're this is normal they're this. all unplugging, right? They're not. Well, they're not. So they don't have cable, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so they had to re. So they they took a a, t- a bit of time off, and now they're on Facebook Watch. So you can find okay. episodes of gotcha. Real World on. Oh, it came back. Yeah, on Facebook Watch. So. Okay. So that's. I don't even know what that is. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> is that an actual watch? Yeah, it's a... I it's, guess.
1: Like a timepiece.
0: <laughs> no, I don't think that's. <laughs> Uh, so that's uh, that's uh, the real world San Francisco. I, I think uh, iconic. Uh, um, uh, I love this show. Yeah. Did you, you you watched? Oh, that I
1: watched of all of them until.
0: I
2: think probably two thousand three was like, like uh, very, I guess groundbreaking. Did it, you watch it? Uh, a few. Yeah, and it, I, I think it just like brought diversity and realness into like the average American home. They know, should right? release
1: them all on like a Netflix type Like thing, if you're cause... from
2: small town Kansas, it's like, this is what goes on. Well, that know? was like, the thing yeah.
0: too, just looking at a lot of the the you know, interviews. So that couple, uh, Pam and Judd, they were being interviewed last year by some anchor in San Diego, I think. And he was saying, as a gay kid and you know, in the middle of nowhere, yeah. he's like, I watched it. And they're like, we get that all the time. And, that's, yeah. and they were like, we love that. That, yeah. that still is happening 25 years later. Yeah, yeah. They're like, there was plenty of negatives being on that show. Uh, but there was great. I mean, they met yeah. and got married. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the There's lakes so many and-
1: iconic. Ruthie from
0: Hawaii yeah. was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I yeah. mean, I've been. I found real. I mean, it was always on an MTV. But I found it in college because it was like study or watch 12 <laughs> yeah. episodes of real world road rules back to back and then I would get into it yeah. but I don't like reality TV it's not my thing it's like especially things Obviously. when people are getting drunk and <laughs> I mean I can do why do I need to watch people do that I can get that, do that on my own so. Uh, so yeah all right you have mirrors <laughs> right <laughs> oh, boy do i on the ceiling just kidding uh, <clears throat> on that note we'd like to thank later, our sponsor economy works economy works believes in the power of connection if you're a company that needs project support to tackle your to-do list like benchmarking analysis or meeting facilitation economy works wants to connect you with its talent network the talent network has over 800 years of experience and growing in hr marketing it accounting and other specialties economy works When we work, the economy works. You can find out more at economyworks.com. That's E-C-O-N-O-M-I-W-O-R-K-S dot com. Over to you, Tony.
2: All right. So I'm going to talk about uh, Paul Broussard today. And um, Paul Broussard was a gay man who was murdered in the 90s and really – with everything going on with George Floyd the last couple weeks, it kind of reminds me of a lot of what's going on right now. And I think he was kind of, um, you know, the poor guy lost his life, but he was he was instrumental, I feel feeling, like, changing uh, the attitudes and, like, progressing gay rights here in Houston and in Texas. So Paul Broussard, he was just... You know average guy he was 27 years old he was uh he had went to a and M, a a graduate he worked for a bank and he had fourth of july off so on july 3rd he went out to the bars had a couple of drinks whatever and he was walking back to his car like two o'clock in the morning july 4th um his car was a couple blocks from the gay bars in Montrose and he and two friends were walking back to their car and a couple of uh cars pulled up full of 10 kids from the woodlands and which is like 30 40 minutes away yeah and so Suburbs, yeah. 35 yeah for the people them. that aren't from Houston the woodlands and to me it's the epitome of Stepford Wives, white privilege, just bubble, yeah, you know, yeah, and so these kids. There were ten high school kids. There was one person that was out of high school. The other nine were in high school. Um, they had went to a house party. They got really drunk, got really high, and they were like, "Let's go downtown and murder a fag," pretty much.
0: That's right. Uh, 40 minutes down I-45 yeah. to, wow, what a disaster. Yes.
2: And so um, Paul Broussard and his friends were walking back to their car. These two cars pulled up and at the time you know, this was 1991 in, so Montrose is the gay area of Houston. And so at the time um, if something happened to you in Montrose, you drove to a different area called the police and said hey i need help because if you called from montrose they were like we're not gonna worry about it so um these kids they uh drove to montrose and like there were there was a lot of gay bashing at the time so if somebody went to montrose and said hey Kendall, do you know where like heaven is you were like "Uh, i don't really know where that club is because if you said oh of course it's like two blocks that way they were like He's gay. We'll gay bash you. We're going to take him to heaven. Yeah, exactly. And so these the, this car pulled up, and these, uh, Paul Broussard and his friends were walking back to their car. And they said, hey, do you know where such and such club is? And one of his friends said, oh, it's a couple blocks that way, but it's closed. And as soon as he said that, the guy motioned to the other car. He's like, this is it. Like, these guys are gay. Let's do it. So they got out of the car um they started they uh started beating them up, so one of the guys he left he actually was able to run away. they started beating up Paul and his friend and um a couple of these guys had steel toed boots uh they brought like uh two by fours with them. some people even said this was all based on eyewitness counts so but some people said no, the two by fours had like spikes in them, like nails um one of the guys, John uh, Buis, he uh, pulled out a knife and stabbed him. And so uh, he stabbed him a couple times in the front and in the back, and then they got in the cars, drove away. So, you know, people called the police. Um, while they were waiting on the police, uh, one of the – there was a guy. He was a very well-known gay advocate, uh, gay rights advocate, he, like, came on the scene, whatever. Um, but they... So the police the police came, and they, they actually waited a while because they, police did not want to respond to anything in Montrose because, A, they didn't care because it was the gay area, mm-hmm. and, B, it was like, well, there's AIDS. I don't want to really get exposed to AIDS. And then when the uh, ambulance showed up, they deemed it non-critical so they didn't have to like turn on the sirens and like run all the red lights they could just stop at every red light wait for it to turn green yeah so the ambulance ride took like 40 minutes versus eight so he uh actually ended up uh dying that day um and we talked about this like a year ago where because of his murder and the police didn't want to do anything, it was the biggest protest in LGBT protest in Houston's history where people were just fed up. They were like, you know what? I'm sick of this shit. Like, uh, straight people, this is the first time straight people, like, joined in the LGBT uh, fight. Um This is the first time where people are like, you know what, I don't care if I lose my family or my, because it was really hard at the time to get, uh, gay people to protest or fight for their rights because they're like, I can lose my job. I can lose my family for the first time. They were like, fuck it. I don't care. Like, I'm not going to like walk two blocks to my car and get murdered and nobody care about it. And so, um, uh, the gays organized a protest, which we talked about last year. And that's a very in-depth thing. You know, I recommend you check about that, check that episode. But um, because of the publicity, so the gays put pressure on the cops to investigate this. Even then they didn't really investigate it. They were just like open to it. And so what happened was the publicity that was generated by that uh, protest this girl went up to her professor at UVH and she said, my boyfriend did that. And the professor said, mm. you, you need to go to the cops. So she went to the cops and she said, my boyfriend did this. And so they talked to him and then he talked to one of his friends and one of his friends said, okay, I'll like, you know, I'll, he turned himself in, he talked to the cops. And then once it came about, the guy that like drew the knife, at the end that really dealt the uh, fatal stab wound, his dad said, look, if this is you, you need to uh, turn yourself in. So um, all of them were arrested. All 10 of them were arrested. Uh, They were all in high school. So where it gets interesting is this was the first time in Houston's history where the family had any input into sentencing So they actually called the mom and they said, what do you want to do about this? And so she gave her thoughts, but five of the 10 got probation only. Uh, three of the other five got, uh, 15 years for beating somebody up. One guy got 20 years and one guy got for attempted murder. And one guy got 25 years for, uh, or 45 years for murder. Um, so the gay community and paul broussard's mom were like outraged because it was like five of these people got probation only and the reason they got that is they actually they were part of the herd mentality that didn't really that was the
0: that was the defense
2: it was the defense they were like we didn't do anything it was like we were under peer pressure to go down there, and but we didn't, like, kick him, punch him, whatever, all based on eyewitness accounts and other, you know, testimonials. So three of the people, like, three of the people that, like, actually did some of this got, like, 15 years. One guy got 20 years. One guy got 45 years. So um, so presumably all those guys are out of jail now. Yes, 100%. So, but not the 45-year one, huh? He, yeah, he is. Sure so like, the thing is, good behavior the people that got 15 to 20 years hardly served any time at all. because, And so none of this went to trial. It was all negotiated. So the progress, I guess, was um, when this crime happened, the police were like, we're not going to do anything. Nobody cares about a bunch of gays in Montrose. And because of public pressure and really like national news this game national news it kind of reminds me of george floyd where if it wasn't for the yeah. national news nothing would have happened and so they're like well we have to do something and this girl's like dude my boyfriend is part of this yeah good on her yeah and so because of that they're married now all of them like went to the police and so um they were arrested and and Charged, but it never went to trial. The police and the DA negotiated everything. The gay community and his mom were like, these were two light of sentences. But, um, so they all served just a handful of years and then they got out on probation. But, uh, the guy, John Buis, uh, who he drew the knife. He, he got released in 2015. So he was in prison for like over 20 years. Um, right after this happened he apologized to the gay community and he's like look to me it was a i need to prove myself to my friends this is a thrill-seeking event whatever one of the gay activists who really like led the charge for like getting these guys uh charged he actually befriended him and he says look i don't he said i really think this was a bunch of just crazy kids on drugs versus you know um, they were on drugs. They, oh, yeah, right. so they they got really drunk, had a bunch of drugs, and they were like, "But they also said, let's go kill a fag in Montrose."
0: Like that's murder, and I mean, they that's had premeditated. Yeah, right. and they
2: had like steel-toed boots. They could have been wearing those anyways. But they brought wood with them, and some people even said there were spikes in the wood. And the one guy had a knife where he like. You
0: lived in the woodlands to come down to exactly attack. Gay there were people. so many ways They didn't to... go to
2: spring. You know, right. which is ten minutes away. They came all the way downtown and they went to Montrose. Yeah,
0: yeah. this I mean, such a we, we. Spence and I were just watching the. Uh, um, in which we talked about the Jenny Jones murderer. Oh uh, yeah. And you know, was watching the case and the backstory with that. I mean, again, we, but now I was watching the testimony and the lawyers fighting and, you know, the, the lawyers can be so compelling to jurors because all those jurors were like, Oh, this poor sweet boy. I wish he was my boy. Mm-hmm. And saw the same thing with even the judge said it when, uh, Charles, was it Charles Manson? He's the, is that the guy who, who's the one that, uh, uh, Zach Efron played, uh, uh, Not Manson. Um, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Where, the, where the judge was in Florida was like, oh, you know, you could be, you could have been such a great person. Mm-hmm. Like the totally. Well, these dumb, were white men. Yeah. Uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the privilege.
2: And and I kind of hate to sentence you to this. And yeah. I hate exactly. to
0: say that word because I'm like, you have so such much potential. Word. But it's like, wow. Like instead, you know, the president. You hear the president. If it's a black man, he gets called a thug. Right. Yeah. He calls a black man a thug. It's like most people our- do
1: entire the bones of this country yeah
0: which is so yeah i mean at, at one point i mean you can't be a raging liberal and say prison reform and we need you know to be more relaxed on on, on justice uh did you uh, hear, hear that
1: first of all big bones call out. i just said
0: there you go that's a good call <laughs> i don't think they want it in that sense <laughs> <laughs> context matters uh but it it is i mean i believe in the concept of rehabilitation and Uh, I believe in forgiving people, and people can change. But it's just like at some point, I don't know, I feel like some people don't get what they deserve, and this is just one of those things.
2: No, and I would say in this case, so um, two of the five people that only got probation, they ended up going to prison because they broke the rules of their probation. Um, And I just feel like, uh, I don't know, I'm very mixed about this case because I do feel... In a way, it reminds me so much of George Floyd because um, these guys didn't get what they should have had coming to them. I mean, this was a hate crime. They came down here. Yeah. They didn't drive five minutes. They drove drove like forty five minutes. Yeah, if you're on the east coast, two Montros. If
0: on if you're on the east coast, you you basically if you're in where we used to live in Virginia, and you drove thirty minutes, you're in
2: Maryland. You've crossed state border. Yeah, you know, the state line. Yeah, and so. They knew what they were doing, and they drove 45 minutes to do this, and um, this poor guy lost his life. Um, The thing is, before this, and we we talked about this a lot during the protest episode, but um, before this, HPD didn't care about gays. Like, I mean, a lot of people in Montrose said, we had PTSD before this because every single night when we left the gay bar... We never thought we would get murdered, but we often thought we would get like beat up. Beat up. And so they said every night when you left the gay bar, it was like a gauntlet like I want to get to my car and get home.
0: That's the the concept though of privilege. Like you as a straight person, you can go out every night and yep. sure maybe you're worried as a woman, maybe you're worried you're going to get you know, roofied uh, or uh, yeah, roofied or attacked on the way to your car, but most straight men don't care about yep. that. But as a gay man, and you have to worry about that. Culturally,
2: so gay people, they didn't want to report crimes in Montrose because they didn't want the police to be like, that's the high crime area. Gay bars, you know, they recommended, don't report your crimes in Montrose because we're going to get known as the high crime area and then we're going to be blacklisted, like whatever. And so it was a thing like, if I do get, like, beat up on the way to my car, I've got to drive to an area that is not, like, gay, so I can, like, report this. It's just insanity to Yeah. Me. yeah. Or, or you just don't report it. <sighs> or you just don't report it. And that's what... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, Which is
0: bogus about the statistics. I mean, just people, yep. they c- cite stats, and I'm like, how valid are those stats? Yeah. When, when you have cases like the... Again, we talked about last week recently the the case in georgia and the case in uh that old man in in buffalo where yeah uh, if it wasn't caught on camera those cases wouldn't be and I, i do
2: feel like um this thing you know this was the first time in houston where people like heard you know like oh my god it took like this guy was alive for like over two hours you know and it like took him that long to die because like You know, ambulance was long and whatever. And so, um, I do feel that's where... So, within, like, um, a month and a half of this, Houston City Council passed hate crime legislation. And his murder was a catalyst for the state of Texas. Like, it didn't happen for years. But because of his murder, it started the discussion in Austin about we need to have... Hate crime legislation and did get passed for a while, but people are like, no, look at Paul Broussard. Like, you know, this happened, blah, blah, blah. And so, um, that's crazy because that
0: happened 20. I mean, there was a case in Arizona that sparked a lot of wave. Uh, it was a guy from Nebraska who was in Arizona, got. Got murdered outside a gay bar, and so Arizona, they I think it was Tucson, they they passed some law, but that sparked uh or some hate crime laws, and so that sparked hate crime law legislation throughout the U.S. and other cities, and the fact that Houston didn't catch on that like. And and even still, when this Paul Broussard case happened, there's still still some time before Texas really embraced like, wow, we need to pass some sort of hate crime laws for LGBT folks. And
2: yeah, I mean, it's just it's sad. Yeah. Well, and the, like there was this one uh, state senator, and she said she drafted like the first hate crime bill or whatever, and uh, it was basically it stated sexual orientation. And there were a lot of like, uh, you know, conservatives were like, nope, not going to sign off on this. And when she met with them, she said, what is your issue with this bill? And they said, if you change it to sexual preference versus orientation, and that got some of them over the hump. And I'm like, orientation, preference.
0: Well, I mean, for the LGBT community would argue it's a it's a big deal, right? Because you know we say, I mean, Kendall, you're probably more versed in this preference versus orientation discussion. Than, I'm more versed. I'm actually not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're a dumb top. We get it. Yeah. Uh, that was <laughs> <laughs> Tony. Keep it in your pants. <laughs> um, but you know, the the preference means you you choose to right. be gay, right? And Which, so, and that's L- where I
2: think people like, well, it's not their orientation is their preference
0: well, but i mean there's the lgbt community as uh, generally speaking does not pre- prefer the word preference because we don't we right. were born this way right and right. We, we didn't pre- we're not preferring but a lot of words. them
2: would not approve these no. laws unless it was preference versus orientation right. no i, yeah. I get but it but preference
1: would should be what we in a perfect world we would all be calling it preference because it would not matter so we were just stating yeah. it prefer prefer. So so there are no assumptions of what you should be. Yeah. So if I see a woman and you were to say what is your sexual preference, and they could say all genders, you know, that shouldn't be any more of a deal as if a woman said man. So sexual preference to me is actually where we want to go. We want to be able to say that. But that's not the way it's intended and being used.
0: I I mean I, I say it more as a point of education than than debating the point. It's just it's, uh, it is a point of contention when you hear a politician say sexual preference. You don't hear it so much now, but 10 years ago you would hear it. And it's like- right. Well,
1: the reason they're saying it, if we are educating, is because if they could coin the phrase and get people to say sexual preference, then they could prove that we, that means you could prove to be straight, too. Yeah. And you're just morally weak. I watched a documentary last night about Roy Cohn.
2: Okay, yeah
1: um, On HBO Trump's man And they kept They would refer to gay people As just not being You know, some of them even They're not necessarily bad people They're just morally weak Which shows that You chose to be gay You chose to, you know, go And something's wrong with you tempted by something yeah, and you were that makes you morally weak. It's right. like,
0: oh my not, god, yeah. It's not who you are. It's you're choosing to be a bad person, yeah, you know, right? Or and you're flawed, and you have you know moral and somebody mental convinced weakness. you to go down the wrong right road. Yeah. But we can rehabilitate you, right? That's the yeah. So okay,
2: yeah. So I guess I just to finish up on Paul Broussard. So. um, You know, I guess the legacy of this was he really was a catalyst for changing policy in Houston and Texas. Um, There was a movie written about this incident called The Guy with the Knife that was really focused on uh, the guy that drew the knife that dealt the final blow. Um, There was a documentary, A Murder in Montrose, that was released in 2015, just a few years ago, which you can find on YouTube, which is really awesome. I feel like anybody should... uh, uh watch that um interestingly enough the woodlands which is kind of stepford wives this is what makes me think think this was pretty transformational so um they had a silent protest back when this happened because the murderers were from the woodlands and so when all this came about the woodlands had a silent protest for like a candlelight vigil or what do you mean uh, just a gathering.
0: They didn't protest. It was really yeah. quiet. Yeah. Everyone stayed indoors. We're protesting. No, No,
2: kidding. they did a public, like, uh, quiet protest. Um, but to me, it's like the Woodlands in the 90s, that says, like, okay, I mean, we're fucking conservative, but wow, this didn't need to happen. Yeah. So the fact that there was, like, a protest in the Woodlands,
1: um, yeah. Well, that, thanks for Woodlands for giving us five minutes of peace and
2: quiet yeah. to prove. <laughs> no, but it just says that, like... Um, I, I do feel it's like kind of like George Floyd, where it's like, "Holy shit, this had like a big impact." Like, well, if the Woodlands even acknowledged that this should be a protestable matter, yeah, it's like my, my thing is though, you know,
1: okay, you've acknowledged it now, what? But well, that's no, my I point.
0: agree, I agree. Well, that would be I do. that would be my point on on protests in general like i i love i loved loved being so close to dc and watching people protest all the time with their signs and and so much energy and passion but i don't really see a lot of value in i mean it's yeah. not that i don't see a lot of value but it's like uh like what's your point so yes yeah. you're protesting but what are you yeah. what are you trying to get so out i of this? would
2: say um so anise parker who was the mayor of houston for six years uh she was interviewed for this documentary uh about paul broussard and because i mean this protest like it was a huge deal it was the biggest lgbt protest in in the city of houston ever um they shut down the street of montrose and westheimer which for non-houstonians those are two main streets and when the police showed up to like say hey protesters get out of here we need to open these streets cars are honking they sat down in the middle of the street and said, "Move us," yeah. and they didn't. You know, and so um, I I think there's a lot of
0: power in the optics. I just yeah. don't know, like I but said, and, and East but Parker... you can't
2: say that and and not
1: the the protests do matter if they're sustained. If you look at it now, today we're recording on Juneteenth. You're hearing all these corporations, not maybe not all that, hearing people saying it's we're going to pay our we're going to make it a paid holiday for one. Oh uh, yeah, you've yeah. got Congress trying to pass, and I think it will. Um, it as a national holiday. No, a lot of these are tokens. So here's a, here's the thing. Like, being... Well,
0: that's my point. It's like well, I mean, I think these are good. These these are good steps, right? Wait, but I have uh, lots
1: more points though. Than that. Okay. <laughs> yes, that looks like tokenism. It is important to understand our history, so I like the aspect that we're making Juneteenth something. Um, all these taking all these Confederate monuments down. Let's not get distracted that that's actually going to do anything, and it's needed at the same time. But right now, Congress is. Coming up with, let's see if they agree on anything. But major police reform bill. Mm, you've got yeah. Trump that at least released. Um, it's not enough, but his executive no, order yeah, that exactly. tied funding right. to yeah, all these exactly. types of things. Um, you've got the Minneapolis City Council that voted to abolish the police department and, and start with something new. After Take that a fresh. My, after that mayor got
0: it. like blasted, like they turned his back from on a, a protest. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So it does happen. And sometimes we, we tell people, don't protest unless you can come with a list of demands. But who's going to speak for us? Yeah. Like sometimes just showing up scares the heck out of people. And it will get you change and get you started in the right direction. And I think that's what we're seeing yeah. now. And that's what protests can be. But it ha- you have to care for longer than just long enough to put it on post a meme or
2: mentally be with someone like i would say so anise parker said like she's like i because she was like political official for a long time mayor for a long time in houston she said she was active during the paul broussard protest and she said it's hard to keep up that momentum like some people will not a lot will like, yeah. it's hard to keep right. up that momentum, but well, I mean, you I need mean,
0: to. You look at this Black Lives Matter movement, right? It, it, it's it been going on for about five, six years. Yeah. I mean, what, 2014 was that uh, um, the St. Louis thing. And so um, it's been going on for some time, and that's why it was like – and originally they got some feedback because it was like, well, our pushback is just like, well, what's your point? I mean, what's your list of yeah. demands? It's great that you want to be mad and you want to you know, blow shit up and put shit on fire, but what is – your purpose. And so, and, and, and not so much like we want equality, but what does that look like? Like, put your list of demands on it. And that's where I, it's just my nature is being, and, and I, I know what you're saying, Kendall, in the sense like sometimes you just got to show up and be out there. And I, I'm for that as well. Cause that I'm brings doing. them to the table. Yeah. yeah. You I mean, need both. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and I, I want to, uh, like I said, I want to be tactical. Like, I want to make sure we're going to get something out of it. If we're going to put the effort in, like, let's go all in. I mean, that, it's not
1: the frustrating part is that sometimes you can get something that should be really advantageous that should be like, okay, this is a game changer after 2014 because of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri, I think it was. was huge push for body cams. So a lot of police departments, actually there were a whole string of things that body cams would have proven that they were murdered. Uh, so, a lot of police departments adopt body cams, but now they don't work, or they have the option to turn them on, mm-hmm. or you know, all these BS things. Yeah. They just—it's optional. So, body cams should have been a huge game-changer, but the three that killed Breonna Taylor did My Gianna thing Tegeler is, if they
2: fucking—if ha- those are available, like, if they exist, why would you not? Because if I'm a police officer and I'm like, it protects you all too. I ever do is the right thing— I want that body cam on all the time to show I was doing the right thing. In exactly. Theory. But, oh, I know. Uh-huh. But they don't
1: even want... See, this is the concept of most cops are good is wrong. No. Most cops are bad because... They turn all cops, head, yes. they turn their head to so much horrific, horrible behavior exactly just so and that they, they can protect have a paycheck. the
2: bad. And so it's like, then so exactly. cops are
1: like, Well, I might not be doing something bad, but I know there's so much going on that it will capture that it's there's no good can come of in their minds having body cams.
2: You know, it's a culture, or my thing, it's like, dude. They know shit goes on, and if they're, like, not willing to stand – Like, if the 90% – like, because I do feel a lot of people go into the police force to be like, okay, I want to do the right thing. If the all of those people, the majority, stood up to the bad cops, we would have a good system. But they don't. They count out. So it's like, fuck it.
0: So, Tony, it, I mean – if your house gets broken into... Here we in, go again. Broken into. No, you're missing the point. Who are you going to call? Made that no.
1: argument before. That's not the point. That is not the point. Yes, our taxpayer money is but going here's my to thing. police and fire department. Yeah,
2: if I'm riding my fucking bike through a neighborhood and it's like I don't have a stop sign and the cop does, he runs the stop sign to nearly hit me and... I'm. You're. you're I get it. You're talking about all the reasons
0: cops are bad. I agree, and I've been victim, and I have. My family has. I get it. I'm not saying. I'm not advocating for cops. And again, my my point is, we're less uh, focused on the police chief, and we should be more focused on the police unions. But okay, but or both. Like, what do you want to like? Again, if something happens, if you're in a car accident, you're going to call the police. I don't understand that line of thinking. But here's my thing. I
2: just had this conversation with my neighbors last week. Apparently, in the city of Houston, if you get in a car accident and you call the police, they don't show up because they don't have enough manpower. Yep. So, I mean, is it a
0: manpower issue? Is it a training issue? Is it... I, I just... To me, saying "well, the cops are no good" like that doesn't do anything for me. It's not a solution. It's just whining about a problem. So, what is your solution?
2: I don't think I have a solution. I'm saying, well, then stop whining. No, I mean, you don't. Don't
0: ever tell but, someone that when no, they're no. But racing. I do feel
2: like our system is cops have this ultimate power. Like, for example, somebody posted the other day. They were like, you know, cops shouldn't be able to kill people that are guilty either and there's like,
0: no they shouldn't that's wrong they shouldn't be able but to they do anyone.
1: i want yeah mandatory at least undergrad degrees i want more than six-month training i want oh, six month i don't think anybody goes through six month training
2: to be a cop <laughs> i
1: want the repercussions for falsifying police reports which they probably most do at least once a month i'd say because you cops are not honest in police reports Automatic firing. I,
0: I just feel like we, we get a little bit self-righteous with police officers, which, the, you know, we mm-hmm. should hold them to a different standard. We but have we
1: to. All, uh, and I will say this. We have to hold them to the highest standard. But it's like, oh, oh, all posted, this-
2: like, a while back, you know, like, a white person posted on Facebook, I don't have to worry about my life, but I just have to worry about, like, speeding tickets. But I have, and it's true, like, but there have been, like, multiple times. Like, one time I was, like, going, I don't know, 70 and a 65. And this cop co- pulled me over and he was like, and I was like, dude, I was, like, I was in the middle of traffic. Like, nobody was going slower than me. And he goes, well, 70 in a 65. I'm going to write you up. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, why didn't you pull over, like, 50 other people? Because I was, like, I'm a granny driver. And so, one time, I was like, "But you li- broke the law. I mean, you were breaking the law."
0: Yes, technically, actually, technically, but you know, so were fifty other people. But you like, were, but he caught you. You were breaking the law. I'm not. Look, I'm don't don't yeah. label I feel me. they're corrupt
2: to the like nth degree. There and is yeah, a there yeah. is a definitely. But a when, culture- a cop, when a cop, when and I will say this. Okay, so no, like less than a year ago, I was leaving my house, and I was about three blocks from my house and I was taking my dog to Memorial Park and I was like, oh my God, I don't see the leash. Did it fall between the seat and the thing? I stop at a stop sign, undo my seatbelt, look between, I'm like, okay, the leash isn't there. And so I'm like, I need to go back to my house, obviously. So as I'm putting my seatbelt on, I take a right and a cop sees me putting my seatbelt on pulls me over for no seatbelt and i was like here's the deal officer for the 45 fucking seconds that i didn't have the seatbelt on i was like stopped at a stop sign i was putting it on literally i'm not a danger to myself or any, like i'm thinking
0: Imagine being a black person who gets pulled over all the time for I mean here's the that's thing That's my point. That's I got a fucking
2: ticket for getting an O seat belt, a black person would have gotten much worse. Well but they, I'm like
0: they get pulled over needlessly, right? I mean they get pulled over for no reason. Then why are you but, so pro cop? I'm not pro cop. I'm just saying it, it is we're we're going to there is a place for police officers, mm-hmm. and there is definitely a culture of corruption amongst the police force. Because, as much as I want to be like, I don't want to be like, but there are good cops, right? If they, to your point, Kendall, if they stand by and watch, Reckless behavior, not just like reckless, but behavior that's against the law and against their oath—that's wrong too, and that—that's a culture. So the, to your point, yeah, yes, there's are. a there's a leadership issue, uh, but you see, commissioners, the elected officials that go into the police department, they get routed out because the police union is so strong, and so it is a very complicated issue. And just for us to be like, we just need to—I mean, we need to blow it up, but there's still a place for people with handcuffs and guns to protect us
1: i don't think anyone's
0: there are very are you talking about well, the when abolished, i when, police I, when thing? I hear tony say it, they're all fucking bad cops and i'm like they are but i do feel like yes, there the is a place where we need protection
2: be. but i feel like the whole system needs to be changed because i feel like again,
0: again when you say that it's like but
2: it, you're gonna call that police officer
0: when when you're in trouble when your house gets broken into you're gonna call a police officer right Mm. So we still have faith in the system. It feels hypocritical. I like don't this. really
2: feel we have faith in the system because, like, I... Well, then I, you
0: wouldn't call them if you got broken into. And I
2: probably... Well, here's a perfect example. So really one cool of my, like, ex-co-workers, she lived in an eight-story apartment complex, like, on Wa- and uh, West Grade. Mm-hmm. And they had a video camera facing the street. And so... Every night, like, people would come and, like, bust in the windows, steal stuff. So, this guy, he's like, hey, this car pulled up. I see the license plate. The guy got out, busted the window, stole my girlfriend's, like, laptop out of her uh, car. And the police are like, yeah, we're not going to investigate. We don't have capacity for that. It's not the police person's fault, but it's the system's. I agree. But it's like, I just feel i don't know i don't know that like very many police are for the like in their heart of hearts for the benefit of like i just read an article this week they are until it inconveniences them when they feel like i just read an article this this week where in baltimore the police sergeant told all of his uh underlings carry a bb gun carry a toy gun with you, because if you get in an altercation where somebody ends up dead, plant the gun.
0: Again, I'm not arguing that it's not corrupt. <laughs> I know. It is totally corrupt. It needs a massive overhaul. They need to blow up the system and start from scratch. I, like I said, I just I feel like if we had a police officer on a fourth mic here, we would probably be having a different. We wouldn't be yelling and I'm saying you are fucking corrupt. Like we would probably have try to have an intelligent debate with him, and so. Um, even, especially if he was cute, like the guy that arrested me the other I would time. say this,
2: and maybe I'm jaded, I just have no value for police officers at this point. Alright. <laughs> I don't. Fair enough. Because I do... I... I understand that
1: thinking. I think... <laughs> I don't think they're all... My thing is, when a police officer turns their head to bad behavior, that puts that is a higher risk of everyone else you know the repercussions affecting someone could get murdered are you is someone drugs being planted like it's different than if somebody is at work and they overlook something one of our co-workers does it's like the cops have so much power and there's so many ways for it to be abused and, and, they and they if abuse it's it. not being called and out that is on a such a higher more Egregious level than any job we've ever had So we need to hold them to the highest standard And stop making excuses for them Because then it becomes about It becomes a distraction And we can't talk about the real issue Which is this In every aspect of the police department Every police department There is massive corruption And I'm including corruption As people that turn their heads You are not a good cop If you're not opening your mouth And if you are opening your mouth You're not going to last as a cop
2: Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. So
1: show me a 10-year cop that's called him out every single time. There were four cops that killed George Floyd. There was just one knee that
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. I know I, that yeah. was on his neck. Again, I I don't maintain don't get me wrong. I, I agree that there the system is corrupt and it needs overhauling. I just it it uh I struggle with I mean, this is my own false sense of security. I I don't. I know it's happened to me on a small scale, so I can't imagine what uh, for a black man or woman to be, you know, continually a suspect for no reason, right? And like I said, for me being pulled over every now and again, it's not. It's not the same. thing as a, as a black person yeah. um, but I, I get it when people look at you a certain way because of your skin color um, and so for police I mean th- what's what's intriguing to me is like you have these Trumpers who are like I don't want to wear a mask I don't want anyone you know, per, you know on me for XYZ these are my rights and you know whatever but you know they don't want to be harassed by the government to wear a mask but imagine being harassed every day to exactly. pick up your pants, to uh, to you know drive a certain way, or why are you driving a certain car? And this is what the the African American experience is like every single day. Yeah. And police officers are the ones that are perpetuating that. Um. They are there are a lot of the system is corrupt. That's what I I would probably pen it as more like they're all corrupt. This it's a corrupt system. It's cancerous. They make up the system. They, they make up the system. I just, like I said, I don't feel it's productive when when we start attacking. To me, it's important
1: to call things out as they they're, are. And you, I think you think sometimes if you call it out, you're going to make people so mad that they're not going to have the conversation.
0: I, I want to have a conversation. That's my point. I Did I you, like I, Let's come to the table you know, I and would discuss. Say here's
2: one. Like, okay, so when I was growing up, like, I worked at this, you know, all-night place one night, this lady came in. She was, like, eating her breakfast at, like, 4 in the morning. And somebody's like, hey, does anyone own, like, a black Chevy and or whatever? Because it just got fucking smashed into the side of a building. She's like, that's me. She goes out, oh, my God, whatever. It was an off-duty cop. And basically, the police force, like, called her and said, we'll pay whatever you want. Like, you know, so that that cop didn't have to have any of our percussions. Like, um, one of my... Uh, Facebook friends. Like, he's an acquaintance, a uh, professional acquaintance. He lives in the Heights. He has a Porsche. and So he lives in the Heights, and he doesn't have a garage, so he parks on the street. So, the other day, he showed up at his house. He was gone for the weekend, and his car was, like, fucking smashed. It was up on his front yard, completely smashed, whatever. Well, they found out it was a constable who was on his uh, time off that did it. And so he said that's the second time that a constable on their time off, like smashed his car. I don't know if they're drunk or speeding or what, but I'm like, I guarantee, I don't think that constable faced any like professional backlash. Oh, this again, it's a corrupt system. It is. And that's where I'm like, I, I just don't understand. It's, it's crazy. It's a corrupt
0: system. It, it needs is a to corrupt be system. Yeah. Um, broken up from the ground up. That's what I would say. But I mean, what are you gonna fire all those police officers and hire new ones? Because you don't have no, anyone. So that's a, that's my point.
2: A, just like it's a 160 years later, and like my we went to happy hour the other day, and my coworkers like, I grew up in Texas. I didn't even know what Juneteenth was, and it's like. And it's from here, from forty-five minutes exactly. away from here. I'm stone. like, and that's where it's like, okay.
0: Well, then the president did do a job. He brought Juneteenth yes. to that. He, no, he didn't. But
2: that's where it's like, we're never gonna fix the system. It's always gonna be corrupt. We should just acknowledge that it's gonna be. Corrupt. No, we need to fix it. But I'm saying, but we're like, never gonna fix it. It's like, uh, maybe we will. I don't, I, don't think it. It. we can make
1: it better, but it won't ever be. It will never be yeah. right. Yeah.
2: All right. It's culture. 160 years later, we still don't really are anti-slavery. So. Well, thank God my topic's really short.
0: Paul Broussard and, uh, uh, there we <laughs> go. and uh, police reform. But uh, I think it was timely. It was good. It was a good topic. Because...
1: Hey, thanks for sticking around
0: for my topic, guys. And now let's talk about Logo. Can you turn him off? <laughs> but it's, uh,
1: this is like the tiniest, scrawniest little bit of research I've ever been able to do on one little topic. I thought it would be more. But there's not much on Logo TV. But there's something I want to talk about. Um, in the midst of it. Police reform? We're talking about Logo TV, which was launched June 30th, 2005. Uh, We all know Logo TV as the the gay-centric channel. Yes. It was the first advertiser-supported commercial television channel geared towards the gay community.
0: You mean advertisers like Bake Bones? and economy works?
2: Exactly. And I remember, like, for me back then, I was like, Logo. Because, I mean, you know, being, like, closeted, it's like...
0: Did you watch it?
2: I did not. (laughs) But I was like, what's on Logo?
1: (laughs) You were too homophobic about it. Exactly. It was founded by um, a former NTV executive, Matt Farler. They chose the name Logo. A lot of people said they assumed it was Logo because the L, the big L was for lesbian, the big G was for gay. But they said, actually, a Logo is an identity, and nothing is more important than having your own identity. It's your own symbol, and it's, uh, it's how you put forward your own pride. So it's like everybody has their own logo, their own yeah. thing, and be proud of it. They originally played a blend of programs with gay themes, movies, documentaries, stand-up comedy specials, uh, dating shows, music videos, but there was very little original programming. It was just one of those new, broke little TV channels that were showing reruns, basically. And then RuPaul's Drag Race came out. And that was RuPaul's their biggest show race. ever. Oh. It kind of okay. slowly each season would bring more and more people. That was in 2009. They had
0: a couple like uh, original program, like some some my big like gay, gay sketch TV. show or yeah. something like that. Yeah, they had a few. But Wait, was my gay uh, Gabe? Uh, was that with uh, was Billy Eichner in that? I don't know. Oh, I don't
1: know. I there was there wasn't else. much on it. Um, RuPaul pretty much put him on the map, and then. Because they were owned by Viacom, same people that own VH1. And they once RuPaul's Drag Race started making money, they said, oh, we should put it on VH1.
2: <laughs>
1: where more people At watch. We'll have to <laughs> and then it became VH1's biggest show. I think biggest show ever. Um, and then in April 2011, they acquired Ab absolutely, Fab. Absolutely fabulous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hilarious British, yeah. British show oh, the Oh, no, love. the big
0: skate. Can I just pause on that? Because I just looked it up. Uh, the woman from uh, since you says you don't have much on it anyway, uh, it was uh, the woman from Marcy from uh, um, Married with Children. She was the director. Uh, it was created by Rosie oh. O'Donnell, and it starred Kate McKinnon. I was like, I knew I knew that show. Oh yeah, so. from, it was like a from Saturday Night yeah. Live. Yeah. yeah, Tony's like Kate McKinnon. I no, don't yeah. know.
1: <laughs> but acquiring uh, Absolute Fabulous was a big get for them. And they actually had three specials that they produced, co-produced with BBC. Um, but then in, in 2020, or 2012, they had a decision to make because they were losing a lot of their gay viewers. And they said, our research shows that the the need for exclusively gay channel is not as necessary anymore. We've got gay programming on all the major networks. Pretty much every yeah. channel at least has some gay representation and when this started in 2005 Which was only seven years prior There was very little Yeah um,
0: we uh, You had uh, Queer Eye Which was on Bravo
1: Queer Eye, oh yeah
0: um, I thought you meant Queer as Folk in Queer, well, Queer as Folk, uh, which was on HBO But yeah, Queer Eye was that I mean, that was mainstream But that was it,
1: huh? Queer Eye was a huge one Because it's like these safe, lovable gay guys Yeah that we're going to fulfill all the gay stereotypes. We're going to come to your hair and we're going to...
2: And that was the early 2000s? That was like 2003. Yeah, we yeah. talked about that. Uh, last
1: um, Season one. And then Queer as Folk was just for the gays. Yeah. Uh, but so in 2012, I thought that was very interesting. Very indicative of how the entire cultural yeah. scene I mean, is I guess now.
2: It, to me, it kind of seems early. You know, because I mean, like now we talk about like there's only, like, a handful of gay bars in Houston where there used to be so many more. But in 2012, there was a lot more, right? Like, the gay bars in Houston took a lot longer to, like, go by the wayside. But um, I think it's, like, significant, like... Well, it's kind of like, be careful what you wish for, because the gays... It's yeah, you mo- want to be socially acceptable, but then it's like, okay, well, then you're not going to have anything... If right, you're- and then it takes away what you feel like is unique about your own community...
1: And every minority group that's fought for something, is like, oh, I miss the old days when. Yeah. But. To me, this whole, feeling like, because what happened in 2012, they went towards. It's kind of like TV Land. In fact, they mirrored TV Land, so it's 70s, 80s, and 90s sitcoms, for oh, okay. most of the time. Um, but you see it in the bar scene for the gays. How do they still exist? Gay what? people.
2: <laughs> logo t v yes,
1: yes, they still exist, but it's just like I said basically t v land at this point
0: mm. which is okay, so uh my logo finding was uh, i was trying the the one original program I was trying to think of was um noah's Ark that was the one mm. yeah mm. but that was like on the first uh, but uh when if logo first aired, but my claim to fame with logo is all of the will and grace reruns and Mm-hmm. One Girl, Five Gays and Martha, Oh, that was good Martha and I would watch those over and over again One girl So five gays Mar- Martha and I, friend of the show Kendall's bestie, our bestie All of our bestie, everyone's bestie is Martha uh, But Martha and I would Ooh. go out on Saturdays uh, And then she would spend the night at our apartment Just really solidified and Um, when we moved into the apartment in Virginia. But we'd go out on Saturday, wake up a little hungover on Sundays, and we would then go to, um, we'd spend about three hours watching Will and Grace reruns on Logo. And then we'd finally, like, she's like, I think I need to take a shower. And, uh, yeah, we would, no, both shower separately. And then we'd go to Target, (laughs) I'm spilling all her her juice, and buy her a sweatshirt so she could have a new, (laughs) fresh new, close and then we go brunch and have some more drinks for sunday fun day and then we come back and then watch and the cycle the, would continue watch some more <laughs> will and grace uh to close down the night and so that's how i spent uh saturday so that's Sundays. what you are doing while you were a flight attendant, uh, serving all of the, the while, while you were dr- uh, uh, serving Lady all bug. of the uh, Ladybug, <laughs> mm-hmm. Lady G, uh, we were having fun. Uh, and, uh, but also five, and so in the house though, so before we in the apartment, Martha and I would spend uh, late nights just watching One Girl, Five Gays, which was a show about one girl and five gays. It was like, it was a, almost like this, like this, our podcast where they threw out a topic and then everyone would kind of chime in. Well, then they have the prequel.
1: Two girls, one cup. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all see that prequel? Yes.
0: No. I saw the... Never mind.
1: I'm looking at it.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's it for my topic. You know, just a quick little rundown. Put on a post-it note.
0: But, logo, I mean, it, it's, uh, they aired uh, a lot of the... Um, uh, the Classic, iconic. Icon- Classic, iconic. Didn't they? Uh, they... Aired the uh, Glad Media Awards, so they were good for that. Um, Did so you yeah. watch it? Uh, I would watch that's them on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube, but I mean, there was a place where you could see an award show about gay people, right? Yeah. So or for gay people, so that well, was that's kind of the Oscars. Like, true, but those folks aren't out now. They are, but uh, yeah, they weren't out as much uh, back then. But, uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I mean, a landmark. A uh, landmark <laughs> uh network that was just geared towards LGBTQ. L- mm. The LGBTQ community. The concept
1: was huge for the gays. Yeah, I but also like, it
2: fundamentally, also yeah. Uh,
1: the straight white people. Oh, so you get your own network just like they did with BET. Yeah, we do. You want to watch Afab with me? Naked.
0: Yeah. But how about you have NBC, ABC, CNN, Fox News, exactly, all those
1: channels? Yeah. White people hunting and fishing. People. Great American country. <laughs> yeah. C M T Turner Classic Movies. C M T. AMC.
0: Oh geez. But that was a BBC. logo channel. Oh, wait. B- wait. wait. That's, that's for Tony. Oh. That's hey, for la- that's wait, for wait, wait, That's wait. for Lady G. Although I didn't see any well, I subscribe. I didn't see any sex workers, uh, African American sex workers claiming fame to or and laying claim to uh, Lady G, so maybe he just likes his men's a certain way. He he only likes certain people licking his ladybugs.
2: White privilege, frat boys, exactly. Yes.
0: Guilty. All right. Well, thank you for listening to our podcast. <laughs> Keep kidding with us week. Uh, we I think delivered and with our police discussion somewhat. Well, we I think bri- we solved that problem. We re, re- rivaled our uh, July Fourth episode. Our Kendall's July 4th episode <laughs> from last year. Uh, a time special time thank episode. you to Spencer, who keeps our sound in check. He gets these episodes out for us every week. Um, obviously, uh, you all know that Spencer's part of the Listen Works Network with his podcast, Our Spoopy Podcast, which is along uh, a show that he produces with Chris. Uh, they talk about all things spoopy, uh, true crimes, murder mysteries. Um, scary things uh, they also what? do their recap of RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars 5 right now so catch their Rupee podcast which comes out weekly as well uh, don't forget to subscribe so you can hear future episodes and you can visit our website at letstalkaboutgaystuff.com you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at let's talk about Gay Stuff, and on Twitter at talkgaystuff you can leave us a review please do we love those 5 star reviews and tell us what you think uh, if you don't want to do it in public feel free to drop us a line and let's talk about gay stuff at gmail.com i've got to say ladies we did a two episodes last sunday we did one episode today it's friday three episodes in one week i'm tired of y'all yeah. <laughs> just kidding let's talk about it well that's a that's a way to close out the pride month and on that note <laughs> effectively resigning uh but Bloody uh you, no but... It, it was uh it was fun it was a fun week we talked a lot, a, a lot about one gay week, stuff year, I, i'm glad we here. were able to uh celebrate pride this way with all this uh, gay stuff marathon but uh but yes it was good so um yeah all right well we're here we're queer get used to it